Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Winston Preparatory School is a leading school network for students with learning disabilities. Learn more about Winston Prep and register for an open house at www.winstonprep.edu. Are we going to the Chapel of Love? Well, let's hear from our next guest, Dr. Orna Goralnik, because sometimes that Chapel of Love gets a little bit complicated. Dr. Goralnik is a clinical psychologist and psychoanalyst practicing in New York City. She has won so many different grants. She is the head of so many different studies. Her CV is incredibly impressive. but uh, And she's also... Uh, very much a part and a creator of the unscripted documentary series titled Couples Therapy, which had tremendous critical acclaim when it first aired on September 9th, 2019, with nine episodes closely following four couples over six months of weekly treatment. And I would want to see those um, non-disclosure and release documents very carefully, uh, Dr. Garalnik, with my lawyer Lisa hat on, because wow, (laughs) what it must have taken those couples to have the guts to allow their innermost private secrets to be viewed and judged by so many people. Dr. Garalnik, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm so impressed with your work. Uh, there are a lot of ways that I really want, a lot of things I really wanted to talk about with you, but I was particularly gripped by a recent op-ed that you wrote in which you tie the language that has emerged from the Black Lives Matter movement to mm-hmm. your couple's therapy. And I thought, well, gee, that's an interesting insight. Dr. Goralnik, talk to us about that. What's going on in your, in your couple's therapy rooms? What's happening? Yeah, well, um, what I was trying to capture in writing this essay um, was that I think what, especially the Black Lives Matter movement, but also other recent movements, other social justice movements, what they are doing is actually very deep psychological work for all of us that is not that different from the kind of psychoanalytic work I try to do with couples in my practice. Um, And I think these movements are creating this kind of deep 
change in our collective psychologies. And, and I, I think whether it's polarizing or creating backlash or all of the what we're used to hearing about nowadays, I think what's also happening is a deep structural change in the way we think psychologically about humanity. And I don't want that to go unnoticed because I think that's super important. And in, um, what, and in what way? Tell me about that. So in what way right. do words like white privilege or w- whatever those words are? Um, yeah. Tell me. I, I think, I mean, if I had to say it in very general terms, um, maybe the most important concept that these movements are um, working on in terms of our understanding of who we are Um, We could put it under the label of privilege, understanding the idea of privilege very differently from the way we understood it before. Um, And it could be privilege based on race, it could be class, it could be gender, but in a way pushing us to examine where what we take for granted, what we the place we operate from as far as our standing in society and how it changes the way we, based on the, the kind of level of privilege that we are uh, given, just without any effort on our part, but given by our location in society, it changes the way we think um, and makes it easy or difficult to understand another person. So... Um, you know, the, the typical way we think about it nowadays is like white privilege. So if you're born into a state of like white privilege, um, you before the impact of these movements, there would be many ways that you're operating in the world without even thinking about it that change your experience and make it difficult for you to understand someone else's experience, whether it's, you know, how you feel about being stopped by a traffic cop to how you feel walking into your own home late in the evening. Um, There are many ways in which our privilege changes our experience and makes it easier, difficult for us to understand someone else's experience. And that affects each and every one of us, no matter what. And it affects what happens between couples, between people in a couple, because their experience is going to be different. And now with this kind of more nuanced and elaborate language that um, pushes people to take into account what, where they're coming from, it also pushes people to try to imagine someone else's experience differently and how that someone else experiences them. So it makes it easier for people to understand difference, which is like the core challenge couples face. It's really brilliant. It does. And I, and I love your explanation with chatting with Dr. Orna Goralnik. You speak in your essay about two, uh, about a husband and wife that are both African-American, but one of them was raised in a financially stable family. Your words, mm-hmm. one was who came from parents, which were a firefighter and a bank manager and had a middle-class mm-hmm. trajectory but he happened to be married to another black woman who had a very different experience in growing up. And now that kind of thing I would imagine happens all the time in couples therapy because yeah. you know, we all bring ourselves and our backgrounds and our parent, our childhood parenting 
you know, all of it. We all bring it there. But I just thought it was really interesting that you highlighted this couple because from the outside, we should not imagine that just because people share the same race, that they share the same anything else. Exactly. There's so many nuances, and especially in this society, and not only in this society, but especially in this society, class, I mean, you know, there are a lot of debates about, like, what trumps what in the society, but many people would say that class is the underlying issue that really trumps everything. Um, I believe that, um, personally. You do, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I really, I mean, there are some isolated circumstances where that is not the case, where it is clearly color and assumptions of color with strangers among, and as you said, in traffic stops or at night, I can see that no matter what. But there are a lot of other places when we talk about housing issues, for example, where I Mm -hmm. believe we're talking about class struggle, not so much racial struggle. That's my own opinion. Yeah, and it's very, they're interimbricated. You know, it's hard to separate what's what and the history of what and why um, racism has been such a predominant force nowadays. Is it to cover up for class struggle? Uh, Many ways to think about it. But yeah, this couple, I mean, they were also just so brilliant in their way of articulating their issues. Um, but yeah, they're both black, but come from very different backgrounds. And as happens often, what looks like a very simple fight actually has deep roots in collective issues, collective struggles around class, intergenerational history around class and race and trauma. Um, and how that all lives in the context of this American society. Yeah, and that plays out in one person saying, I have a few extra dollars and I want to spend it and buy, you know, I don't know, buy myself uh, a a beautiful suit today. And the other person saying, how can you do that? I'm terribly frightened that we're not going to have any extra money at the end of the month. How dare you be so profligate with our money, right? It plays out that way in very specific ways. Yeah. 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 Dr. Goralnik, are you married? Um, I, you know, people often ask me those kind of questions and I often say, I am going to wait till I stop seeing patients and then I'll include some autobiographical information. Okay. Um, but okay. for the sake of my patients, I'm like, uh, I'm going to wait with that information. Okay. So you don't, you don't discuss your own personal situation. No, okay. I, I want to, but uh, I'll have to wait. Well, I'm married. I'm married 41 and a half years. Lovely. Well, it is, you know, some of the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, right. It is right. maybe even right. maybe even most of the time, but definitely not all of the time because I would be lying. And um, and I uh, I'm very, very interested in your work because it's my belief when I was walking down the aisle, I was only 21 years old and I was you know, in my white dress with my fantasy Cinderella, literally, literally our first dance was 10 minutes ago from Cinderella. Okay. I mean, that's wow. how much of a fantasy I was living in. And I walked down the aisle with my dad, not my mother and father, just my father. Mm-hmm. And he held onto my arm as we were beginning to walk down the aisle. And my father, who's a very gentle, soft-spoken guy, I thought he was going to say something to me, whisper in my ear, something, you know, sweetheart, I love you. Uh, sweetheart, just remember, we don't have to do this, you know, give me one last chance to change my mind, something. Uh-huh. You, know what he, you know what he said to me, Dr. Goralnik? Because I'll never what? forget it. Remember, it's work. 
Actually, it was a really really great message, actually. Wise man. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he just just turned 94 on Tuesday. Very, very wise man. And he's celebrating 65 years and counting with my mother, and they are so devoted to each other. It's beyond belief. And they've always been that way. But I just, and I remember that, and it was seared into my brain because it was said to me at such an important moment. Beautiful. And it is true, Dr. Goralnik, that relationships are not magical. They really need work. They always yeah. need work. They're both. They're both magical and need work. Yes. I mean, I think yes. there's, there's a certain yes. kind of magic that, that especially long-term couples bring with them. The magic of forgiveness, the magic of true care, the magic of loyalty. I mean, there's a lot of magic and a lot of work. And a lot of work, right. It's not exclusively magic, though. That's what I meant by that, yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yes. So, Dr. Goralnik, how did you you convince these couples to go on television and in an unscripted manner reveal the most private, aspects of their life for the whole world to see? Well, I'm, I'm not the one convincing them that we have a whole... I don't mean you personally, but how yeah, did they how become convinced? How, what is it that goes through people's psyche that they go through this work, but they also want the whole world to see them go? I'm just interested in your view as a psychoanalyst. What, I know. It's what that says about the people. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I think, first of all, there's a whole world happening right now, which I personally don't belong to because I'm old, but people live a lot of their lives nowadays, nowadays in public, you know, on social media. They, they broadcast their lives. Um, I know there's like a whole reality world out there, which again, I'm not part of, but people broadcast their lives and they understand their lives through this, this kind of public platform. Um, which is, I think it's part of like the the technologies of today. That's part of how people live. So I think for many people, and a lot of the couples on the show are not that old, you know, they're, they're youngish. So they're, they're living that life. Um, it's not so unusual for them, but, um, there are other reasons why I think people do it, which I think, you know, you could ask yourself, like, why do people write autobiographies, memoirs? Um, 
people have an urge to tell their story. And many people have an urge to tell their story to particular people that they have in mind. They, they may not be conscious of it, but um, they may be trying to set the record straight, let's say, for the family. They may be talking to, you know, a dead grandmother that never heard the full story. Uh, they may be talking to a parent that never understood them, um, an old boyfriend. So, so people are telling their story in a way to someone. Um, not that different from the way my patients tell me stories in my private practice. They're, in a way, they're not only talking to me, but they're kind of embedded, internalized figures in their lives that they're still talking to and telling their story to. Um, so I think the urge to tell one's story is something that's actually quite um, common. Did you enjoy the experience of doing the documentary yourself, Dr. Goralnik? I, uh, I, I, yes, I have. I mean, it's taken on, I mean, we're now filming like the sixth season, really, mm-hmm. we're busy with. So I've been doing this for quite some time now, and it's changed. My, my relationship to the work has changed a lot over the years, but um, I do love it. I, I love the team I work with. I work with like an unbelievable team of directors and editors. I mean, the whole team is just like really the finest people. Um, and being able to do this kind of work as a team is unusual for an analyst. A lot of what we do is very um, private. Yes. So doing it with a team of people is a lot of fun for me. And then realizing that we're having such a positive impact on the public is very gratifying. So, yes, it's hard work, but I love it. And I then bet the, the couples people who get to, Yeah, the, the couples. Cu- the couples are just amazing. The, the amazing. people that are yeah. really amazing people. So it, it's hard, but it's a fantastic experience. We're chatting with Dr. Orna Goralnik. Dr. Goralnik, before I let you go, and let me just say that it's a pleasure to chat with you, and I hope you come back on the show. I'm really enjoying our conversation. You you. you, You teach courses on something called the transgenerational transmission of trauma. Now, I have have heard this sort of colloquially, particularly as a Jewish woman and having friends um, who are second-generation Holocaust survivors, many friends, And um, this idea, and I've read about it, but I'd like to hear from your point of view. Is it really true, do you believe, that there is a genetic component to trauma that gets passed down from mother to child? Um, I'm a psychoanalyst, so I'm not, you know, I'm not a geneticist, but there's a lot of uh, studies out there that talk about these um, epigenetic transformations that we do on a genetic cellular level, we do change in response to trauma, and that biologically does get transmitted. Now, you know, a lot of these studies on the relationship between biology and the mind are part fact and part opinion. Um, So I can't really honestly speak to the genetics, um, but I can tell you psychologically working with people that transgenerational factors are incredibly powerful. Uh, I can work with patients for years and and there are all sorts of symptoms that they're 
exhibiting, like ways that they repeat all sorts of self-sabotaging behaviors that don't make any sense until we suddenly unpack like something that happened two generations ago. And then, whoa, the whole thing makes sense. And then things start to really change. Two generations ago. So not something two necessarily from that, that own person's childhood. Right. It could be like the grandparents, like traumas that like get, got passed on to the parents and only the, the grandchildren have the wherewithal to start putting words to it. It's, it's pretty powerful stuff. Do you think that parents should, generally speaking, inform their children about their childhoods and about whatever it was that happened to them that shaped them as humans? Or do you think that they should not discuss it with them? What do you think? I, I think it depends on where the child is. I, I think overall, truth is always a good thing because otherwise it's the ghost of truth. But children are at different stages of development and you have to pick up on the maturity and the cues from your child as to when they're ready for what kind of information. And sometimes it's important to wait till people are old enough and mature enough or maybe adults to hear things. But the information is there in one way or another, whether verbal or nonverbal. That's interesting. So we yeah. have to get, we have to, we have to know that even if we don't think we're saying things, we are communicating things yes. and at, a, at a very deep level. Our kids who pick up so much, they're yes. picking, they're picking it up, even though they don't know the specifics or the facts or the whys. They're picking yes. it up. They're picking it up and they'll give you a clue as to when they're ready for the real information. Dr. Garanik, do you disclose whether or not you're a parent? Do you talk about that? Yes, at all? I, I, I do just because, I mean, I used to not disclose it, but uh, but it somehow came up on the show and it's like public information. So yes, I, I do. I have children. Yeah. You have children. Well, I, um, I'm sure they're very lucky to have you as a mom, as long as you don't Aww. therapize them too much because kids hate that. <laughs> all my friends that are therapists, and that's why I use it as a verb, all my kids that are, you know, all my friends that are therapists, their kids are always like, can you, can you leave me alone now, Ma? I'm really not interested in you <laughs> analyzing me at the moment. But I know. Uh, yeah. I know, it's true. We have to, you have to stop yourself, right? It's a, yeah. But listen, my kids didn't want to become lawyers and I don't blame them. So, you know, whatever it is that we do, sometimes our kids don't want to do it. Sometimes they do. Right. Um, right. But Dr. Orna Goralnik, I, um, I really would love to meet you in person one day. One other question. Do you still do private practice? Can people still yes. hire you? You do. I, I absolutely do. My, my private practice is my, my real life. Okay. And so people yeah. can find you. Your last name is G-U-R-A-L-N-I-K as a clinical psychologist and a psychoanalyst. You're not prescribing medicine or you work with, no. the, you work with no, somebody? I work with psychiatrists, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Dr. Orna Goralnik, thank you so much. Thank you so thank much you. for your insight. So much, really wonderful to chat with you today. Thank you. Wonderful to chat with you too. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll be right back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 